1: Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show we're talking about mosh pits, animals who prefer to stick together or get sticky together. We're looking at three of the world's weirdest creepy crawlies who think three is a crowd and a hundred is a party. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question. If you send your butt packing, do you have to give it directions? Joining me today is friend of the pod, the audio genius behind Fake Doctors, Real Friends, Boss Level, and One-Upmanship, DJ Dan L. Welcome!
2: Woo! Happy to be here, Katie. A, a, a thrilling a thrilling proposition, as always, to be here on Creature Feature.
1: Yes, I'm very excited about this one because it's about mosh pits, and I know you're always g- getting in those all the time.
2: Oh, uh- you know me, always thrashing my arms around, getting sweaty, and flicking that sweat upon all of my fellow concert goers.
1: You're like a sprinkler. It's great. They call you yes. Daniel the Sprinkler, <laughs> the Human Sprinkler.
2: <laughs> at least this, at least this, this, this family flop sweat is good for something. Sure. <laughs> 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 So tell me about these bugs. I'm yeah. super stoked.
1: Yeah, so we're talking about a lot of bugs. Uh, some of them are not insects, but we'll call them all bugs. Uh, and Sorry, the,
2: that's that's misnomer for sure.
1: I mean, I don't know. I think you can call anything a bug, in my opinion. I don't think that bug is a scientific term. So like, if you feel fair, like it's fair. a bug and you want to call it a bug,
0: I think <laughs> that's fine.
1: Insect <laughs> is a scientific term, so you can't like go throwing mm. that around. But bugs, fair. you know... If something's like buggy to me, I'm like, that's a bug. Hell Uh, yeah. I feel like... I'll take that. Crabs have bug energy. I know that most people don't call them bugs, but they've got bug energy.
2: Sea bugs. Yeah. Sky bugs. Land bugs.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So these are called snow fleas. Uh, So... Imagine you are digging up some snowballs and suddenly you dig up a writhing, squirming mass of tiny black dots that jump around so quickly they almost seem to flick in and out of existence.
2: I I, I think I would. I think my snow day would be over at that point. I would would run screaming (laughs) back to my cabin for a cup of hot cocoa and a scalding hot shower. (laughs)
1: Dual-wheeled a couple of hair dryers and go outside. (laughs) Yeah. I (laughs) I mean, uh, I sent you a video of someone Mm -hmm. just digging into a black (laughs) hole of these writhing little black
2: dots. Yeah. Just having themselves a scoop. Yeah. Just really. uh, And you know, this is something that I, it's one of those things where in my head, I'm like, this is a totally fine like the the bugs or these these uh creatures are not trying to hurt you and in fact you may not even be hurting them similar to um there's a uh, there's a person on TikTok who is who takes care of bees and the way that she just scoops bees up and puts them into you know new uh whatever you call them, the the little boxes that they hold honeycombs in like the way she just like handles bees I'm always like there's there's no way. How do you even do that? But uh, yeah, can't get past the heart part of this. That's like <laughs> hand in bug. No, no, thank you. I
1: don't suggest the layman go out and scoop up a ball of bees. I no, think that, that I think that's done. I think like the <laughs> hive is probably calmed down. I think sometimes they even hold, like very gingerly hold a queen in their hand so mm. that the when the bees cluster around, they're smelling the pheromones of the queen there. Um, any anyway, it's very specialized handling abilities. I can't do it. I don't suggest anyone try to do that. Okay, um, great. But with these snow fleas, uh, they really don't have too much to worry about. So despite the moniker snow fleas, the only one that really has to worry about an infestation is a snowman. Uh, because these are not really fleas, even though they do look like them from our perspective. These are instead springtails. So springtails are a subclass of arthropod uh, known as columbola. Uh, they are technically not insects, but they are hexapods. So it's it gets yeah. weird with taxonomy with sometimes some of these like bug-like things. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. technically not an insect, but, you know, it is a bug.
2: And can Can you remind me what a hexapod is again? Or what? 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 What makes a hexapod?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically insects plus columbola plus a couple of other classes of things, uh, protura and diplura, which are other kind of weird non-insect things, but they are pretty much very bug-like. Uh, it, it's it's a phylogeny taxonomy thing. Uh, it, it's just based on sort of the evolutionary branching, genetic linking, things like that. Yeah, so they' they're related to insects. They're related to things like uh, fleas and flies and so on, but they aren't mm-hmm. insects themselves. Got it. Um, cool. So uh, the snow fleas, uh, so uh, springtails are a, a subclass. They're, they're a large grouping of different species. They live all over the world. Uh, snow fleas are a species of springtail. That live in seasonally cold climates in North America, uh, and they are teeny tiny. They're usually less than a millimeter long. They really do just look like little black jumping grains of sand. Very small. Very small. Uh- <laughs>
2: <laughs> very small. Very. Uh, st- but still very scare.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the it's the multitude of them. Like you have one of you're them, right. you're like you're the just a little buddy, and then he invites like <laughs> a thousand of his friends, and it's like, oh yeah, you could cover my face.
2: <laughs> I didn't ask for this. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I feel like the scariness of bugs is based on how much of your face they can cover.
2: Wow, that is such a good metric because you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah. It's the other golden rule. Uh, it is like spider covers only a freckle on your face and yeah, not so scary. Covers an That's eyeball. So scary. We're get we're getting somewhere with that one.
2: <laughs> oh God, eyeball spiders! Um, I'll be I'll be working all day to get that image out of my head.
1: So in the warmer months, snow fleas like to live in leaf litter and eat decaying matter or things like algae. Uh, But in colder times, they are actually able to survive the freezing snow because they have an antifreeze-like protein in their bodies. And this protein prevents ice crystals from forming in their cells, which protects the cells from exploding. And when your cells explode, it's generally bad for you.
2: (laughs) So I hear. (laughs) That is really cool, though. That, that, I mean... Just one of those like adjustments, kind of like the um, the sea bugs that can live near an underwater volcano because they've just you know been been or, or maybe not a volcano but like a thermal vent. Yes, where it's like oh yeah you're just strong enough to withstand all sorts of crazy heats and yet you're a bug. The the producing antifreeze to survive out in the frigid cold is like damn science. How do you, how do you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, those are called like extremophiles. Things that can live like in the really really cold environments or really really hot, really extreme. Environments. And yeah, it is, it's shocking when they have things like this, uh, this protein in their blood. There's also the um, wood frog, which can also do something similar. It also has an antifreeze like substance in their blood that prevents uh, cells from getting icicles in them, getting these ice crystals, which is. Bad for the body. Actually, when you're when you're frozen, the freezing process doesn't necessarily hurt you. It's typically the thawing out that does the damage. Like when you start to thaw and you have huh. this expansion of, you know, these oh. ice crystals and then you get cell explosion.
2: Ugh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> so like you could potentially all these rich people cryogenically freeze and themselves like i guess oh, if God. they are able to store themselves long enough the hope is that you'd find a futuristic society that could unthaw them safely but also yeah. i kind of think probably not like it's probably something where you'd need to have this antifreeze in you before mm-hmm. you undergo the cryogenic process and probably they're just going to be like popsicles for post-apocalyptic <laughs> cannibals
2: that's <laughs> Popsicles for cannibals. That's a great that's a great band name right there. <laughs> Popsicles for cannibals. I like that a lot. Damn, I really didn't think about that process though, that it would be the thawing that would be the the damaging process. You think of it's just like, well, I'm just unfrozen now. It's like, no, 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 no but where's all that water going? Yeah, but, oh, exactly. Right. Oh god, that's really scary. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but, mm. not so right, anti- but not for these guys. So <laughs> the the protein prevents these ice crystals from forming in their cells, which uh, protects their cells. And researchers are very interested in the snow flea's natural antifreeze and how it can be applied to like the storage of donor organs, but much more importantly, mm. ice cream. Uh, so oh, of course. Uh, the Springtails antifreeze is um actually similar to a non-toxic compound that you can create. Uh, there's this professor of food chemistry, uh, Srinivasan de Morderan at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, who is seeking to perfect ice cream science with a synthetic edible antifreeze, similar to what is found in springtails.
2: Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I wonder, well, yeah. I mean, you don't want ice crystals on your ice cream, but no. I'm still like it's. I mean, it's supposed to be. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, no, because well, hey.
1: if you have, it's like when you, you know, like how your ice cream gets f- freezer burn and ice totally, crystals totally. get in ice cream and you get a. You crunchy. don't like it. No, yeah. nobody likes. it. You don't it. like
2: that. No, nobody likes it. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, this. You, you know, <laughs> this this is important. No, this is this is worth it. This is worth the time and the science. I'm with this, actually. Okay. I think okay.
1: preserving organs is a good stepping. Uh, off point for perfecting yes. ice cream, the true goal.
2: <laughs> this is what we all really need.
1: Right, exactly. I excellent, mean, it's all, excellent. it is all, All everything we do, all of our scientific advancements, if we can make ice cream a little more delicious, a little more melt in your mouth. Uh, Let's friggin' it, do it. It's all worth it.
2: Let's go off.
1: So this is not <laughs> the only superpower that springtails have. They can also, of course, spring. So they can jump at incredible heights and speeds relative to their body size and rotate 500 times a second while in the air. What? Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, often when they are springing, like they are in the air less than a second. So they're not always rotating 500 times, but they are like so fast in their jumps. Sometimes their jumps are measured in nanoseconds.
2: Okay, more questions because of that. So rotation-wise, are we talking like bar- barrel roll style rotation or like spinning around? Like, like-
1: Mostly. <laughs> you can't see this, but he just spun just, in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> um, really kind of committing to the springtail life. Uh, I think exactly. it's, more, it's more of a barrel roll. Uh, so they actually wow. like curl up into a U-shape, although I have seen some of them, some of the like slow-mo videos, and some of them do twirl like a ballerina sometimes i think it kind of depends on the uh the jump how they execute it but to understand how they do that we kind of have to zoom in on this springtail because to our naked eye they look like little jumping black grains of sand uh Mm -hmm. but their bodies really don't look anything like fleas even though to our naked eye it's like oh this is like a flea um Mm -hmm. Instead, they have this like cylindrical segmented body, a forked tail called a furcule, and like a little round head and antenna and six legs. I think they're actually a little bit cute.
2: it is kind of cute yeah, yeah they, I mean you know they're they're definitely like you know adorable that's that's <laughs> that's my that's my least and most favorite thing about a lot of bugs is like you zoom in on them to a certain degree and it's like, oh, you know they're just cute little guys. And then you do one of those really hyper close-ups on their face, and it's like, oh, this is a horrifying monster. Yeah. But feel, there's there's definitely a middle ground where yes, they're absolutely adorable.
1: Exactly. It's like tardigrades. The um, yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, yes. Moss piglets, water bears. Like you zoom in, uh, you zoom out too much, you can't really see them. Not cute. No. You no. zoom in enough, and they're like, you're like a chubby little little gumdrop. You're so cute. Yeah. That truly little
2: chubby gumdrop.
1: A bunch of little legs, cute little like dot. Mouth, little O mouth, little, little very, very, cute. Nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very cute. Yeah, exactly, very cute. Then you zoom in more, and it's this like horrifying sandworm from Dune.
2: Yeah, very, very much a garbage disposal mouth. Where it's like, I don't want to <laughs> get anywhere near that <laughs> horrifying.
1: It's the optimal zoom. Uh, yes. We need scientists need to look into like the optimal <laughs> zoom ratio for all of these small critters.
2: <laughs> you know, people. People on TikTok and small critters, optimal Zoom is a feature that we all need. <laughs> how close is too close to your face for both humans posting content on the internet and bugs?
1: This is the other, other golden rule about uh, yeah. <laughs> sort of Zoom. Like, one first one about bugs is how much of your face it covers is uh, directly proportional to how scary it is. And secondly the zoom principle, there is a ratio of zoom for each uh, buggo that uh, determines how cute it is.
2: Horrifying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so to Love jump, it. these springtails use their whole body like a spring, including that forked tail called the furcula, And they will like smack their tail against the ground or snow or even the surface of water because they're so small. The surface tension of the water is like It's hard enough for them to like spring off of it like a trampoline. And they will launch themselves into the air while curled in a U shape like an acrobat. And interestingly, there is this tube on the underside of the springtail's abdomen called a colophore, whose function is kind of confusing and debated for a long time. Um, Early scientists thought it was like it excreted a sticky thing that helped them grab onto flat surfaces, but that's been relatively debunked. And it may have something to do with excretion and fluid regulation. It's this like mystery tube in the middle of this thing's stomach, which is really funny. uh Because it like, it like sticks outside of them like a little hose. Uh,
2: huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and And uh, there's- Sorry, I don't, I
2: don't mean to hose. Uh, hose, wait.
1: Hose shame?
2: To... Hose shame, thank you. I wasn't trying to hose shame. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I mean, uh that sounds very Canadian hose shaming. So, uh nice. S- some research suggests that this colophore can actually help balance the springtail's jump when there's a water droplet attached to the colophore. So again, like water oh. at this scale, like water tension, they can hold like a little droplet of water quite securely and wow. I th- and they like did some research where they found like these springtails that had a little water droplet there were much more balanced and could like jump and land on their feet really quickly and really easily, whereas dry springtails were not able to do that as much. So potentially it acts like a tightrope walker's pole. So when they have a water droplet there, it helps them balance for more optimal jumps. That's cool. Yeah. So in that video... I would imagine that one question you might have is, why are they all together like that?
2: I mean, yeah, uh, uh, yes, I am curious about why they are together like that. Pardon me thinks it's, I mean, well, they have the antifreeze, so they're not going to freeze, but maybe something about being all together, maybe some sort of closeness promotes some more warmth, maybe, if I had to guess.
1: It's a very good guess, and actually hold on to that guess for uh, a surprise later in the podcast. Ooh! Um, but actually, the reason that they cluster together in like these huge piles of like moving sand is for food or sex—you know, the universal huh. motivators. Yeah. <laughs> So during the winter, food is more scarce and snow fleas will cluster in or on top of the snow where there's food available, usually some decaying plant matter or maybe even algae. Um, But they may also gather together during their reproductive cycle. So an interesting thing about springtails and snow fleas is that they continue to molt throughout their life. So Hmm. something like, say, a butterfly or a moth or a wasp, they will go through these uh, molting uh, from egg to these larvae, and sometimes they will go through uh, numerous uh, what are called instars, which are like you you start out as you know a larva, and then you molt into something else, and then into something else, and then you're in your adult form. Um, and some some of insects have much more straightforward sort of processes, like a caterpillar uh, going from like a caterpillar to the pupae to the butterfly or moth. Some animals have more complex ones, like from a caterpillar stage to sort of a juvenile instar that eventually molts into its adult form. But these springtails actually continually molt throughout their entire life, and they will alternate between a reproductive instar and a non-reproductive instar. And the reproductive instar doesn't eat, whereas the non-reproductive one does. So they, like, transform into reproductive mode for a while and then transform back into no-sex, only eating mode.
2: (laughs) Sounds like me in my 20s, am I right? (laughs) So how how quickly do these modes shift? Like, how, you know, how uh, what's the cycle of this, if you happen to know? I
1: think it's, like, over over months uh, or weeks. Uh, I don't oh, think wow. it's like that quickly. Um, okay.
2: So these bugs survive for a little while.
1: Yeah, yeah. And awesome. uh, when females are in a reproductive instar, they actually release a pheromone that attracts both male and female springtails that all come and cluster together. And the more females oh, yeah. that come who are also releasing pheromone makes even more come in. So they form this giant sex mosh pit. Which is, you yeah. know, they're having That's a good time.
2: Dope. I love that. <laughs> I hope, that, And you know what? I hope everybody's having fun. That's really the most, the, my main concern. As long as in the pheromone-induced sex mosh pit, everybody's having a good time. That's my main concern.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're, they're probably having a good time in these mosh pits, uh, I imagine. I mean, like, their lives do seem kind of fun because they just go through cycles of eating stuff, hanging out together eating stuff, hanging out together having sex. I think they've got things figured out.
2: They really nailed it. I think they got down to the the, the base the base what we all need to survive, and um, they're just doing it
1: right. And they're not really hurting anyone because they're eating decaying no. matter. They're eating algae. Uh, Easy. They're they're f- called fleas, which I think is kind of insulting to them because they don't mm. they don't bite your dog.
2: Right. No, they're not hurting no doggies. No,
1: no, that's right. The only time I really get mad at insects is uh, when they hurt my doggy or any any yeah. kind of like. <laughs> bug creature like i got i get really mad at fleas or ticks uh or, totally. or roundworms uh, when they affect Ugh. my doggy i'm like yeah it's just a, it's just an anger usually i don't have towards the bug and insect kingdom mm-hmm.
2: it's unfair look yeah. our doggies do not have opposable thumbs they right. can't get these little buggies off of them often it's a pain in the butt and yeah. um not fair not no
1: fair. it's not fair Le- leave them doggies
2: Thank you. Agreed. But these Save guys, our snow, fleas,
1: snow fleas, snow are a dog's best friend. Well, maybe, I mean, they're maybe chill. not a best friend, but they're at least <laughs> cool acquaintances.
2: Exactly, exactly, cool acquaintances, <laughs> not mortal enemies. We stand.
0: Exactly. That's,
2: that's what we gotta have. More of that.
0: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's um, a link in it that says watch this
1: video, so if you could...
2: Have that video open as well. Yeah. Also, I'll, I'll say this. Also, something of my nightmares, if I'm being real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's like, odd. I, it's definitely yeah. odd. The movement of the worms aren't great. Uh, have you been playing like the Dead Space remake remaster? No, I
2: have not. But I'm very familiar with the with the with the series.
1: I'm too scared. Uh, this is embarrassing. I love horror games, but I don't uh-huh. handle stress well. So I'm too scared to play them myself, but I love okay. watching other people play them. So right now I'm watching my husband play it. Fun. Uh, fun. I watched the, a whole playthrough of the original, so it's fun to see the updated graphics. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I yeah, feel great, like too. I feel like these things squiggle and wiggle in a way that reminds me of some of the monsters mm-hmm. in Dead Space.
2: Yeah. Oh, that that'll turn you off them real quick. <laughs> <laughs> This is um, just this is just the kind of thing that even though I know that, that well I mean you actually you're probably about to tell me how fine it is that these these little squiggly wormy things are in the water but I just know that if I saw this I would be like I have to get out of here immediately before one of these crawls into my ear and eats my brain out so right uh, maybe that fear is unfounded and we'll find out shortly but I can't stop myself from thinking that whenever I look at this video
1: I would I definitely feel that I think that When I see worms in the water, I think uh, definitely parasite. But fortunately, these are not parasites, but they are very weird. Uh, So these are called pololo worms. And they are, you know, they're just kind of squiggly worms here uh, in this video that I've used to kind of traumatize Daniel. They are (laughs) never going in the ocean again. They're just they like look like you know maybe thin thinner a little bit longer earthworms they're they're a different color they're more pale and they're moving around undulating very weird jerky motions when you say yeah
2: yeah very jerky I'm also gonna give uh, our our viewers a little context for this video so this is someone who is in what looks to be the ocean at night with a with a underwater uh, flashlight. And they're first filming from above the water. So you're like, oh, I can see some little squiggly wormies in the water. And then they submerge the camera and reveal that throughout the water, through probably five or six feet of solid depth of water, there are little squiggly worms everywhere. To be honest with you, this is a horror movie level reveal that happens in this video. (laughs) And another note about this video is that the description simply says, God provides. (laughs) and that's and that's big facts right there god provides some of our most horrifying things <laughs> When the camera goes into the dark water and you see and these little so wormy guys, you. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. I mean, Not for me. so
1: a lot of people would look at this and get really excited and happy. And I'll tell you why in a little <laughs> okay, bit. Okay, word. <laughs> um, but first, uh, I, I will introduce this worm by saying that Palolo worms uh, reproduce by timing a mass gathering with the moon cycle and then explode like a two stage rocket, releasing sperm and eggs. What, yeah, so whoa,
2: <laughs> okay, yeah,
1: polola worms, um, I guess uh, the shorter version is they detach their butts to have a giant rave at the surface of the sea in a mass reproductive orgy, wow, yeah, okay, yes, so they are found <laughs> <laughs> Daniels just okay. processing, I can see like the like the wheels spinning,
2: yeah. That's I mean, that sounds I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I got to see it. But I just know that if I, if I don't know, I have to put myself in the shoes of the person taking the video being like, if I was in the water and I saw these worms, first of all, I'd be getting the hell out of there. But if all of a sudden their butt started exploding and shooting seed onto the surface of the water, I'd be like, I'm about to turn into a last of a zombie right now. Like This is, <laughs> this is it. This is how I become a clicker. And it's over. Ugh. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: <sighs> anyway. Sorry, please. Continue. Your
1: face is just an air message. Uh, I am enjoying that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have one of those like little rotate. I have the yeah. beach ball on my face right now.
1: That Windows like Chah. like sound. You know, Windows like <laughs> yeah. we're bah. we're ex- yep. we're experiencing yep. a problem.
2: Yeah, uh, oh, we are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they are found in the oceans near the Pacific Islands and Indonesia. And they are a species of marine worm. They are a polychaete in the same class as bristle worms, bobbit worms, and certain deep sea tube worms. Now, bobbit worms, we've talked about before on the podcast, they are those horrifying mixture between like a really long sarlacc pit because they hide in the sand on the seabed and then will burrow down because they can be quite long and then they pop out, grab fish and pull them down into their burrows. So um, horrifying. And you know, cousins to the pololo worms. So their cousins can be pretty weird and wild too, but pololo worms have a very bizarre life cycle. One of the weirdest ones that I know about. Uh, they start off as tiny planktonic larva, uh, which is not unusual for marine life. Lots of marine life starts out as zooplankton, uh, Mm. little little tiny guys that just boop around the ocean, but then they develop into an adult. They grow into a long segmented worm with a weird claw-like head, uh, and they are not small. They can grow to be around 16 inches or 40 centimeters long.
2: Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, they they seem significant in terms of their like size. They, they're yes. definitely not tiny little guys. You will, no. you would not miss them. You absolutely would you not won't. miss them. Yeah,
1: and no. uh, they like to settle into the crevices of a coral reef. So they go head first into like a little sort of nook or cranny in the coral reef and kind of burrowed in there.
2: Wow. All right. So, so they're So the coral is their home, or is that yeah. just a? Okay. Cool. Mm, yeah, it's right.
1: their home. I mean it's oh. it's sort of typical weird marine warf- worm lifestyle so far. Like they're they're weird looking, kind of creepy. They're in coral. All standard for the ocean.
2: <laughs> are they mostly found in places like in like Australia where there's a lot of coral reef? Um or are they kind of all over?
1: Yeah, they're mostly found so like they're found uh, near the Polynesian islands, they're near mm. Indonesia. They're uh I think they some of them are sort of in uh the ocean somewhat near uh, Australia. So yeah, it's it's like in these warmer coral uh coraly areas. I don't know corally. if corally mm-hmm. is a word, but no yes.
2: yeah, no, we're down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um
2: Corally, coral, coralline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with it. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is where stuff gets weird. After they are adults and, and then they want to reproduce, they go into another stage of their lives uh and kind of transform into their reproductive form. So their muscles and heads start to atrophy a little bit and their in segments which contain reproductive organs grow and their legs become more paddle-like. And eventually, these end segments detach from the head and are able to swim on their own. So this free swimming butt section is called the epitoke and it will alone, without the head, swim up to the surface of the ocean to reproduce.
2: So it, what? So yeah. the reproductive organ is a kind of like its own creature? Yes. What is it, does it, whoa, Okay. Does it? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so, is it just the reproductive organs, or does it like? Is it kind of like a like a cell splitting where like you're getting some? You know, does it have? Does it does it have its own like brain and nervous system or something like that, or it is has, it just?
1: It has what does its it got? own. Yeah, it's got its own like nerves. Uh, it's got a bunch of legs. Um, I think it even has some like sensory light sensing cells. Uh, And so I don't think it has like a central brain, no, but it has like neurons. Sure, Um, sure. There's some
2: connections happening there.
1: Right. It's like as if you basically like detached your lower half, like belly button down and it ran off and went to go mate.
2: Sick. Yeah. yeah.
1: Without you having to be involved. (laughs) So... (laughs)
2: Fun. Well, that's. I mean, you know, that's the. That's the part. I. I don't ever want to experience the actual reproduction part. I kind of just want it to happen. So if I could yeah, touch exactly. my legs and have that happen, great. <laughs> All the more fun for me. I can stay at my just... computer looking at memes.
1: <laughs> it's. It's a waste of time and boring. So <laughs> the. Uh, the head part doesn't always die. Uh, typically, it actually can regrow a new, in segment. Um, oh no. Wow. Yeah. End so, segment. <laughs> so
2: Hell yeah.
1: the but as as this like as this posterior segment goes off on its own, like like nice knowing you, see ya, goes to the surface. Uh, it will meet up with a bunch of other posterior segments, all there for the same reason, and they like kind of explode. They sort of disintegrate, and like uh, just kind of fall. These segments kind of like pop apart and there's this mass soup of sperm and eggs uh, that just Ew. kind of mingles together uh, to form the new babies.
0: Mm,
2: soup. Yes. <laughs>
1: In fact, okay, so the pololo worm is on a very precise and consistent time schedule following okay. moon phases after apparently October 8th uh, during the third quarter moon for just a couple hours.
2: Oh, my God. That is yeah. so specific. Whoa. Yes.
1: And because of this, people who live in the area have recognized the habits of the palolo worm over centuries. And apparently, I know you grimaced when I called this a soup, but apparently these epitokes, the, the butt segments, mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. quite delicious. So people will go out during this like special time and catch them with nets. And so... You are kind of eating like, um, you know, reproductive organs, but uh-huh. we eat caviar and roe all the time. And those totally. are reproductive, those are eggs, you know? Totally. You yeah. know what?
2: You're, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't be so yum yucky with my interpretation of these things. Because at first when you said they're delicious, I was expecting like, yes, delicious to fish or to, you know, other creatures of the sea that might, you know, just be just be out there snacking um but wow we be eating this stuff okay yeah. is it is it a um is it like a delicacy to any particular region is there a chance that i've eaten this before and i just didn't know is I it a know. sushi thing
1: i don't no, i think it's more in the polynesian islands area okay. Okay. uh so there yes it is very much a delicacy it's like it's mm. because it only happens like you know this rare time yeah, every super year Super rare Uh, that it's like, and, you know, you can collect quite a bit over this period of time. Uh, And I think that they do, they go with every third moon cycle after October 8th. So there might be like a few periods of time before they stop. But still, it's like very rare. It only happens like a couple hours when they come up and do this. Mm -hmm. You got to catch them while you can and apparently they're very, very rich in protein. I mean, like an egg, it's very high in protein. So very. I imagine they have a very like umami flavor, very rich mm. protein flavor.
2: Damn! All right.
1: And are apparently extremely good. I've never tried any.
2: Don't tempt me with a good time. I mean, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Look, you know, it, 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 food. You got to have an open mind. And once I right, once exactly. I learn something, might might be delicious. It might be food. You got to go. Shit. I'm yeah. down. Who who didn't look at salmon roe for the first time? Look at a little a little ikura and be like, mm, I don't know about that. And then you put it in your <laughs> mouth and you are like, damn! Actually, yeah. these little explosions of flavor are incredible.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, okay. all our all our food. So much of our food is very weird, yes. and our understanding <laughs> so much of, of it. <laughs> our understanding of weirdness is very cultural. I mean, like with milk, it's like. Yeah, this is coming out of a cow nipple. I'm gonna drink that. You know it. Heck yeah! Uh, <laughs> oh my god! In, in this, fact, I'm just this... gonna start eating the cow's ass.
2: <laughs> just gonna eat that booty. There's there's <laughs> there's so many things that I, I I have to like credit our our for our ancestors for for having the gall and the bravery to be like, let me do this thing because like without them we wouldn't have. Literally anything today. Think about sandwiches. Think about how many steps we had to go through to get to bread. And then, if you want to go, if you want to go really "quote unquote" sciencey with me right here, think about how many steps it took for us to get to like bongs. (laughs) How much? (laughs) How much work do we have to do to get to? Okay, but then what about this, this, and this? (laughs)
1: Yeah, we had. There's a lot of cultivation there. Understanding of glass.
2: Lots of uh, lots of things that had to, to, to lock into place, but uh, yeah, we'll stick with we'll stick with food and sandwiches for now, and not go too <laughs> deep down the stoner rabbit hole of. Can you believe they did this to make this thing, bro? Oh, dude, sand. Think about glass. What, dude? Anyway, dude, just think about that. sand and how many of them there are. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Now I'm hungry. <laughs>
0: So, I want to talk
1: about larval conveyor belts. Are you ready (laughs) for that?
0: Okay, (laughs) sure.
2: Larval conveyor belts, I'm into it.
1: Larval conveyor belts, Uh, another cool sounding thing. So... Uh, First, I got to tell you what a sawfly is. So, sawflies aren't flies or bees or wasps. Even though they kind of look like all three of those things, somehow, weirdly. They are actually a distinct suborder of Hymenoptera. And they are named after the saw-like ovipositor. So, an ovipositor is like this tube on the butt of a female that is used to deposit eggs. Mm. Um, And so, she uses that saw-like ovipositor to saw into a plant and lay her eggs. Um, and there are many different species of sawflies all over the world but the reason I want to talk about sawflies is that their larva are often very social. Now their larva look like caterpillars uh, and, and they are usually quite social and they tend to stick together and yeah. it's cute and horrible at the same time which is my favorite feeling. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I love that. They look like a sea anemone popping out of a tree. Almost. Yes.
1: Yes. So what you are looking at right now is a fascinating thing because this is, it looks like one organism, right? Like a yes. sea anemone yeah. or a mm-hmm. living fleshy flower. And it's like twitching. It's like jumping, uh, like mm-hmm. unfurling in this like mm-hmm. coordinated pulsating movement. Very. This is actually a cluster of sawfly larvae uh, nice. moving in unison and the thought is that by moving in unison, they are warding off potential attackers.
2: Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I'll tell you this. I'm certainly warded off by seeing this. I would not be <laughs> going over there being like, touch thing. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Um, I know that I would have to drag my dog Kelly away from it, though. I'd be like, yeah. Kelly, you're not trying to do not. You are not <whistles> with that right now.
1: Dogs find the weirdest, most disgusting, probably most dangerous thing in their perimeter and immediately put it in their mouth like that.
2: Like, oh this thing looks fun like, like no yeah. please my
1: my dog found a turd with a cigarette stuck into it like a birthday <laughs> candle and immediately like <laughs> was like dove for it I had to like oh, yank no. her back because uh, she was like that's it's my birthday to, to happy birthday to cookie time for <laughs> me to eat that to thing me.
2: that's <laughs> so funny god it's disgusting but yeah hey, I support you a fellow dog owner I support you
1: <laughs> yes um but yeah, no, this absolutely looks like a sea anemone, um, but on a tree, but it's also made up of a bunch of these individual larva. Um and, and again, they're like they're kind of they're chunky, like they're like caterpillars. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. not tiny guys. Um, yeah.
2: very much like a yellow caterpillar. And yeah, again, imagine for our view or our listeners at home, imagine truly like a kind of a cluster of small yellow caterpillars sticking out long ways out of a tree in a little group and like a hand wave near them makes them all go like (laughs) (laughs) if you can imagine what that noise sounds like in terms of wiggling action
1: that is the scientific um, term for that movement
2: thank you you.
1: (laughs) it's spelled with a lot of O's and a lot of umlauts
2: Uh, gotta have the umlauts
1: (laughs) yeah so they will form what is known as a rolling swarm where they crawl all over each other and it protects them from attacks by predators. Um, and it is really interesting to see both when it is sped up and also in real time movement. Uh, both pretty horrifying looking, but also uh, they're to me it's cute because it's just a bunch of little guys crawling all over each other trying to go forward.
2: It does, Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a there's a, a group a group think element to their to their movements and whatnot. But um, yeah, can't can't get over the uh, I need to can't get over the demon back away from me kind of a thing I'm thinking right here. I think honestly, my theme or not my theme, but there's a trope of me on this show that is like, I'm so scared of bugs. And like, in truth, I don't think I am that scared of bugs. But I do stray away from interaction with bugs as much as possible. And that's just unfortunately factual.
1: (laughs) I think it's not a bad idea. I think it's worse if you're like me and you like have this (laughs) compulsion to pick up every weird bug you see, and then later find out that this was, oh, this is a kissing beetle, or this is a kissing bug. This could have actually really hurt me. I should not have touched that. Uh Uh, I just kinda like I kinda (laughs) I like I want to touch everything, I wanna pick everything up. So I guess m- me and my dog are not so different, are we?
2: Maybe not. But you know what? We need people like you. We truly I, do.
1: If people like me survive long enough <laughs> to uh, keep touching bugs. Uh- <laughs>
2: Protect Katie at all costs. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, by moving in unison, kind of. Re- I'm trying to think. I feel like it reminds me a lot of uh, Miyazaki movies where he oh, does- sure. This kind of thing. I think he's done it in a few of his movies in Howl's Moving Castle Mm and Princess Mononoke, where it's like a bunch of like little slugs kind of like coming coalescing together and moving in unison.
2: Oh, God. Uh, Yes. It's a little stomach turning. Yeah. It is, most certainly, especially in Mononoke when it's like the writhing disease on um, Ashitaka's arm. Not my favorite.
1: No, it's a little gross looking, but uh, in this case, uh, it's effective because Mm -hmm. they are able to make themselves seem like a larger organism, uh, also probably make it difficult for a predator to pick out any one individual. Um, There's also, remember earlier when you were speculating that maybe those snow fleas gather together for heat?
2: Yes, Indeed.
1: That was not a stupid guess because oh. there is research on these guys on uh-huh. the soft fly larva that they do gather together to benefit from each other's body heat.
2: Uh, so I was just a little early with my predictions.
1: That's right. That's right. So Accurate but early.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so Fantastic.
1: there was some speculation. When I say some speculation, it's really just kind of one guy on YouTube, a YouTuber <laughs> named Destin. Uh, Who? That's
2: speculation, nonetheless. That is that is (laughs) speculation, nonetheless, and there's a lot of it.
1: People are saying, um, well, really, it's just one people on YouTube. (laughs) And he did this experiment with like moving Legos uh, Mm. because he saw like these larvae as this sort of like living conveyor belt, and he speculates that maybe they're able to move faster like that because basically they are moving on top of each other and then the bottom one's all, also moving but then they rotate and so they're kind of like it's like when you're wa- you know like at the airport when you're walking on the flat escalator i don't know what those mm-hmm. are called people mover people I movers guess? yeah people okay movers. wow we didn't think of anything more creative than that huh just no, people mover no. all right yeah,
2: that's just you know
1: but where it's like you're walking usually for me i'm walking on the people mover because it's the mm-hmm. airport and i'm always mm-hmm. in a rush and always stressed. gotta
2: keep gotta keep going
1: Right, but you're walking but the thing under you is also moving, so you're going very fast compared to your normal walking speed. And so yeah. the idea is the same here. Unfortunately, I haven't seen any real like research studies on the actual larva just this one YouTubers like Lego experiment, which is cool. I'm not like I'm not saying it's not cool. It's very mm-hmm. cool, but it's at this point just this one dude's speculation, which I think is great. That's where Stuff starts that's where yeah. research starts so i'm hoping Absolutely. to see hoping to see more research on it uh because that would be that'd be great
2: yeah but well, definitely definitely want to see definitely want to see more um i just like seeing you know things working together that that's what i'm about yeah. We're all about mutual aid here and all about community and um seeing these things you know crawl over each other to get forward but still move as a group it's very it, it feels very anti-capitalist it's yeah. not so much it's not so much I use you to get further up top. It's we move together as a unit. And that's uh we like that.
1: Teamworm makes the dream
2: worm. Wow. <laughs> Nailed it.
1: Yeah. Technically, I guess these aren't worms though. So I'm nah, sorry. Okay. Please don't email me
2: the the, the, you know, some, some, some Twitter nerds might might get in your DMs, but these ones are too busy working together to make progress for their own group. So, think about that. I've think about that. Found Twitter nerds. That before you get on the, internet. I've
1: actually found that my audience is very, very sweet, and their corrections are often extremely, extremely kind, and that's nice, best. and not like you know, not the um, actually genre. That's so fantastic. That's, that's really yeah. wonderful. Well, yeah. shout
2: out, shout out, shout out, fans of Creature Feature. Yeah, a thanks guys. Group. <laughs>
1: thanks guys for like when you do get on your ca- when you do get on my case, it's in a very nice way, very cordial.
2: <laughs> very cordial. I think that's all we can ask for with our podcast communities. Yeah. is that you? You foster a community that is cordial.
1: Yeah, because I ain't perfect, and you guys know that, and that's that's you know, great.
2: Who is? <laughs> who among us?
1: Who among us? Uh, let us let he among- who
2: is without. You know, worm sin and cast the first rolling worm rock.
1: Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you. Perfectly executed. (laughs) Well, before we go, we got to play a little game called Guess Who's Squawkin', the mystery animal sound game. I love this Uh, game. This is a game where I play a mystery animal sound, and you, the listener, and you, the guest, try to guess who's squawkin'. It can be any animal, uh, not just birds, not just bees, anything, anything in the earth or on the earth, or okay. slightly above the earth. <laughs> okay, uh, fair. So uh, the hint for this week's mystery animal sound is this baby sure likes to make a point. So can you guess who is making that sound?
2: All right. So my immediate thinking was bird. <laughs> my immediate thinking is bird. Sounds like bird. Um, this baby sure likes to make a point.
1: Yes, that is the hint.
2: This baby sure likes to make a point, and I can't tell if so. Here's here. I'll give you all my thinking. I can't tell if the hint is in the is in the hint of like sure likes to make a point, like it is arguing, like it's a lawyer or something, mm-hmm. or if it's like an um actually kind of like sure likes to make a point get its point across or or if it's or if it's a more straightforward hint of like this baby sure likes to make a point like something pointed is part of its physiology like maybe it is a baby woodpecker or something um
1: i did like where you're going with like the lawyer the animal that is a baby lawyer
2: right Um. (laughs) the boss the boss baby of animals um (laughs) I think I'm going go, to go with Baby Woodpecker. I'm going to go with Baby Woodpecker.
1: That is a fantastic guess. It is me wrong, too. though. That's me. Uh, <laughs> this is a baby hedgehog. Uh, it's a hedgehog. It's a <sighs> baby hedgehog. Uh, congratulations to Joey P and Auntie B, who guessed correctly that this is a baby hedgehog. So it is a baby who likes to make a point, likes to make lots of points.
2: Lots of points. Uh,
1: yeah. So a baby hedgehog, also known as a hoglet. Oh. Is that what they're called? Yeah. A hoglet. Oh. little hoglet. Uh, it's very cute. They come out pink. They come out pink and like little little spiky jelly beans. Oh.
2: Um,
1: they will squeak to communicate to their mother that they are hungry. Just kind of like kittens. Um, Adorable. Now, ter- in terms of baby hedgehogs, a question I imagine a lot of people have about baby hedgehogs is that if they are born with spines, how do you give birth to one without getting impaled by the spines and oh, nobody God. having a good time with that? Yeah. yeah. Um so they are born with spines, but mm. they are born covered in a protective skin-like membrane when they are born. Huh. And these spikes emerge after the membrane dries and shrinks and the spikes start poking out from the membrane. Um, kind of like that X Man from the X Men. Uh, and he had spikes coming out of his face, except spikes that it's... His...
2: What?
1: There was an X Man that had spikes uh, that would come out of his body. Uh, you know, I don't remember. Yeah. He was from not Wolverine, bad... of course. No, he was from one of the bad one movies. Um. Oh, okay.
2: You know what? I think was... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, spiky, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Spikyman. Spi- Spike oh, man. Spi-
2: Spikeman, yes.
1: Spikeman, um, love Spikeman, but it's kind of like that, except it's a tiny pink baby hedgehog, and this, it's sort of like they kind of are born like with extra puffy skin, and then that skin kind of dries and then shrinks down, and then the spikes like come out. Um, also, cool. the spines, <laughs> the spines of a newborn are softer than an adult's, and they will eventually be shed and replaced by harder adult spines.
2: Got it. Okay, and and with the uh, and with the skin, like the uh, the the protective layering, does it uh, when it starts to poke through, does it eventually like fall off? Is it like molted off of them, or or is it like a uh, it becomes just like a part of their skin layer?
1: I mean, I think it just kind of shrinks down to their skin layer, but like all skin, it will sort of fall off. Fall sort off of at like, some point. I mean, mm. yeah, like our, our our skin is always you know sort of like. This dead oh. layer is falling oh, off yeah. all the it's time, gone. so I think all, it, it might it might kind of slough off a little bit faster than other skin, though. I would imagine.
2: Okay. Hey, listeners out there, take care of your skin. Wear sunblock. All right, all right. Get, that, <laughs> get get that SPF going.
1: Did you know it's that like you. your your outermost layer of skin is like dead, essentially?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, why is skin such a good defense against pathogens? And it's like mm. this. It actually looks a lot like, uh, if you've seen these old stone walls that they used to make with like smaller rocks, like these kind of thin and flat rocks, and they used to kind of jam them together, like the Romans would do this, and we actually have some of these still in Italy, and oh. they just have a bunch of like sort of small, thin rocks all stuck together it was like this technique that like we don't know how to do anymore, really. Um, but like skin is kind of like that. These they're these like small flat dead cells that are kind of squished together in these like huh. you know, sort of like almost like like these these uh old walls with all these rocks kind of interwoven with each other and it forms this very like uh tough to penetrate layer. Cool. Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, shout out the Italians for, for figuring out how the skin can be turned into rock or rather <laughs> how the skin is can be trans transitioned into rock. Um. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah. I, I. Yeah. Our skin. All. All the skin that we see. What we're looking at is death. <laughs> it's, it's very. It's very Werner Herzog. Yeah. We are constantly observing our own demise.
1: Exactly. Exactly. The skins that
2: you you strive to protect is simply your mortal coil exposing itself. That's a like a that. Werner. Thank
1: you. I- and then, like, it's like, and that is why you should buy it. New Pantene <laughs> Skin Protect Ultra Hydraulic Hydraulic <laughs> s- s- Salicylic Acid Moisturizing yes. Cream.
2: This episode of The and is sponsored by <laughs> Sarah <B>.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Protect
1: your skin. Embrace your death. <laughs> <laughs> On to this week's Mystery Animal Sound. The hint... This is one unhappy noodle. If you think you know the answer to this week's mystery animal sound, you can email me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. That is creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. And make your guess. And if you've guessed correctly, you might hear your name on the podcast. Well, Dan'l, thank you so Amen. much for being uh, here. Where can the people find you?
2: Well, it's my pleasure to be here, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. Love the show so much. Um, you can find me all over the internet at DJ underscore Dan'l D-A-N-L, on all the platforms. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. I also have a TikTok, regrettably, for all the content that I <laughs> force myself to post to try and stay relevant in this ever more cringe universe of posting. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitch three times a week, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We uh, play a lot of games, tell a lot of stories, and you know, it's just, it's just a fun Twitch community. I also have a lot of channel point rewards that you can use to make fun of me or surprise me with jump scares and whatnot, which is truly the most fun part of the stream is how you can interact with it and make me miserable. So come on <laughs> by. It's a lot of fun.
1: Go harass Dan'l. Go harass um,
2: Daniel That's the whole point.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned you like the show, but I, I should also mention you helped me start it early on. So oh, you my deserve pleasure. credit for that. Yeah, nah, absolutely. It's
2: all it's all you. Eh,
1: I mean, it's <laughs> me and other people.
2: Fair, uh, okay, fair. It's always it's always a team, but but it has to it has to, someone needs to be the captain to write the ship, and that's all you, right?
1: We form a rolling swarm. We and form a
2: rolling po- swarm. Yeah. And kind
1: of writhe around and then make podcasts. <laughs> and that's the way of the world. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying the show and you leave me a rating or review, uh, I will read it. I will uh, add it to this uh, wall in my house where I post up all my reviews. And my husband is getting very nervous about it, getting quite <laughs> alarmed. Uh, He shouldn't worry because I do it out of love and obsession. Uh, And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you
0: listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.